Hi, this is Jesse with Red Cloaks Radio, and we have definitely reached the bottom of the game. Um, and we've got a home run with the Row Act. Joining me today to celebrate Linda from Indivisible Acton, Lisa from the Indivisible Mass Coalition, Kate from Concord Indivisible, Amy from the Boston Red Cloaks, Karen from the Boston Red Cloaks. What a day, what a day. Who was listening live when the Senate I was, was there? I was, I was. Yep. <laughs> All right, talk us through it. Well, it was really fast. Um, they had a couple of other <laughs> votes to take on things having to do with um, other towns. And they seemed to have to take a break in between votes. And uh, then they came back and it was just this matter of fact presentation of now the next uh, thing we're going to do is we're going to vote on blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was like, and now I think, uh, I think I'll take my dog for a walk. And then I think uh, it was just so like without emotion when we were all freaking out, you know. Um, and then it was very fast. The vote was very, very fast. It was the same crazy eight guys and... <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to look if there's one woman. There may have been a woman in there. I'm not sure. Uh, but it was the same crazy eights who said no. So nothing changed. The original 32-8 remained 32-8. and eight. So that that was it. And then they took a break. And <laughs> I know this it was like, okay, break time. Now everybody get a soda. <laughs> they had no idea what they were doing to us. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that Karen Spilka, the Senate president, wanted to be recorded as taking a vote because often the Senate president doesn't. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Even in her tweet, you know, tweets are so short, but she just sounded full of joy even in her tweet. Hmm. And the thing that we don't see with what's going on with each legislator, it's so interesting because the procedure is really quite quick when they get right down to it. Hmm. Yeah, especially when they're doing it on Zoom, you don't see them you know they're they're calling most of them are calling in from their home so or their office or wherever they are um so it's pretty amazing that you know you they're sitting at home and making this major change in the lives of women and all pregnant people in massachusetts 24 months in cleaning up my desk. I had just found my old calendar from last january with the first day of going to the state house and like that's where I saw Katie and Lisa, like sitting there in the flag call. It's like, oh, hi, we're from the same town. Hey, hi. You know, it was a very informal thing. And then I think Karen, did we meet that same yes. day? Yeah, same no. day. And like, we didn't know each other, but it's like, oh, oh hi, hi. We did because I had done the, uh, the uh, uh, activism in October on, over uh, uh, Club Indigenous People Day in uh, 2018, I guess. Congratulations, but you won your anniversary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we were just off and, off and running and um, history will record us. That's exactly. <laughs> hey, Holly, we're recording. We're just having a little celebratory moment here. Yeah, I'm so thrilled to read the news. I'm kind of out of the loop, but I'm so happy. It's incredible, though, because every single person, I mean, Linda, where's that postcard you brought to the party? <laughs> Linda brought some historic postcards and Karen has some, too. Yeah, so this was one, postcard of, our, writing. This was our first, one of our first postcards that we sent out to eventually 17,000 people. And then we 
upgraded to this one, it, it was um, pretty amazing because it was a great way to educate people because well, I'd show up at our postcard events from Indivisible Acton and a lot of people didn't know what the Row Act was. That's so for sure. once I started telling them about them, they're like, really, Massachusetts? In Massachusetts, we don't have, we still have these laws from 1974. I'm like, yeah, I didn't know that either. But, and so they started doing postcards and, you know, we sent out 17,000 postcards to voters on our own dime. And then the Boston Red Cloaks did postcards as well. That's right. Karen has one. Oh, there's a couple of them. <laughs> I know. And, you know, it, if you... Um, answer one of my posts on Facebook, or you like it, you're going to get a DM from me and say, hey, so you like my post. That's great. Would you like to write some postcards or something? And I met people that way and met them, you know, uh, in a restaurant or a coffee shop. And we exchanged postcards from like Holyoke <laughs> or um, I met people in, I don't know, all over the place, Northampton. We needed a, a statewide um, effort. And I remember the day Holly was like, sign me up. I'll take some postcards. She came over. We sat together. You just get them done. And then you get to know people better because you know already, wow, I really care about this issue. And so do you. I mean, and that's how, that's how I met Amy. Amy and I met through the internet. And like, <laughs> it's a very interesting bonding. We're like, hey, uh, I'm interested in this. Hey, you want to just come and <laughs> We're going to be handmaids and you don't have to say so much, right? Amy, it was amazing when you jumped in. So I actually wanted to tell you guys how I found you. Please. Uh, my, my daughter is 12 years old and she's very much in a TikTok. And um, for a long time, we were exchanging TikTok videos and we had watched The Handmaid's Tale together as a family. And um, for those of you that don't know, my daughter's cousin, her second cousin is Lila Rose. Um, if you don't know who Lila Rose is, I highly suggest that you look up live action. Um, so when I found you guys on TikTok, I was like, this is really ironic. <laughs> and um, I thought, you know what? I, I really think that I can make a, an impact. And I decided to reach out and ask if I could join you guys. And I just explained to my daughter that, you know, we don't need archaic laws and we don't need archaic beliefs to dictate what we're going to do with our bodies. And that's, that's anybody that's healthcare. You're here. Or a man right. or a woman. Yeah. The more that I started reading your posts and looking into what was going on, I actually decided to um reach out to my coworkers. so I work in the healthcare field with food service and the more people I talk to in my environment and with these people you know between 40 and 80 hours a week they all have similar beliefs and so I was like you guys should sign my petition mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and um like I said today when we watched it I happened to be in an office with two of my coworkers. And right when it passed, I looked over at them and I just burst into tears and I was like, we did it. <laughs> and but that's so awesome. My, my coworker um, happened to send the TikTok video down to one of our friends who lives in North Carolina and said, look at what Amy did with all of these <laughs> women in Massachusetts. And she was like, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I... 
was joking with my coworkers for several months. And I said, you know, the quarantine isn't all bad because you can go home and have a few drinks and call your, your government. Like this is the greatest <laughs> thing that happened to America. <laughs> and it kind of became like a joke. And then like with the stimulus checks, like people were calling Mitch McConnell, like, <laughs> and we would go to work and joke about it. And I kept saying like, you know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise where it's really making people realize that we can be better and we deserve better. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If and you're it can make a difference if you try. You can. That's the American way, right? This is the most American thing you can do is go out and protest and be heard and make change. So well said. And like for people who don't know and haven't all met because we're all at different events, um, I'm just going to quick do a share screen. I was saying to Amy that like this picture is, I have a lot of favorites, but this is one of my favorites. This was the day we brought the really big petition. And then I had been, I had been really inspired by those signs from suffragists who had these really big signs and I was getting angrier as time was going by. So I'm like, I'm make some big signs. <laughs> and this particular one about the governor asking how long we have to wait for him to support the Roe Act, I'm always going to treasure that one and think of Amy that day, who I just met. You know, we just met, and she's like, "Yep, I'll hold it. I got it." It's like I might actually frame that. <laughs> yeah, like it was just very awesome. We've all got together in such an interesting moment in time. Really, interesting. hey Valerie, hello, glad to see you. Yay, hi Laura. And Laura just. And Laura and I met you at the State House as well. That was for the lobbying for Women's Health Day. I don't remember what day that was, but that's when we met. That was incredible. And I see you're wearing your Statue of Liberty crown that day. You were all dressed in a very conservative outfit with your <laughs> going to see my senator lobbying suit. <laughs> I love this. This is the inner you and it's awesome. And you have been an amazing statue in many pictures. I mean, for me, you have become my incarnation of the Statue of Liberty. You just, you've been there for some of the, some of the biggest group pictures we have um, that are so amazing. And definitely on the October one, you were right there on the state house steps. And I think I see Tara coming in. Boy, that, awesome. that was a great assemblage, the suffragettes and, and, RBG and golly, that was an amazing day. That was an amazing day, Tara. I'm hoping that's you. I've been working all day. Can someone update me about the vote and how it went and like? Yes, it, it went well. <laughs> uh, it's officially law now. So there is now law. The way the language was written, law. if they had to override it, the moment both chambers um, passed their override of the veto by a two-thirds vote, it became law. So Yay. abortion, the right to abortion is now codified into state law. Yes. And, yes. and for people who don't know, so Tara, the very first day that um, our friend Teresa invited us to go to the state house to protest Kavanaugh's appointment to Supreme Court, um, Teresa said, hey, Tara, Jesse, you want to go? And we said, sure. So there we were in our little handmade outfits and uh, it was a smaller, a little less organized crew of six people, but definitely did not anticipate doing this for two years <laughs> or more. Terry's shirt's still in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, one, one thing I keep on pinching myself about, I keep on reminding myself, is that this did not go through with his changes. That's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I thought, we could end up getting it, but with those crappy changes, no. 
Yeah, that was so oh. heartwarming. It was really such a show of faith and determination. Just, just so that was a, that was a very, very pleasing moment. Hey, Martha, welcome. Hey, Martha. Martha. Hello, how are you? We're, we're, we're live podcasting our celebratory gathering today. Did you see, did you see my, did, did you see my picture? No. My glass, my big glass. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. That glass holds the whole bottle. <laughs> the whole bottle and i'm and i just want our, our listeners to know that would be a bottle of oat milk <laughs> yeah, not great. in this lifetime honey not in this lifetime Valerie, i think we met at the westford pro pro-choice rally you know i i have gone off to these red cloak events uh off and on as i can because i you know i work full-time so i can't always go but it, it i just love love doing it um and you know it's you know i've been doing the phone calls and the the emails and all of that and so it's uh it, it's just uh, you know a wonderful outcome so <laughs> a funny a funny thing about being a red cloak is i feel like i know all you women but i've never met you or seen you because you've been under the bonnet right <laughs> so I'm not quite sure. I mean, since I'm often wearing the crown, I'm more accessible. Whereas I'm going, have I met her before? <laughs> it's true. Especially, and now with the masks, you don't know who anybody is. <laughs> and one of the nicest parts has really been that because thanks to Margaret Atwood's ingenuity <laughs> in, in, in developing this vision of interchangeable bodies, so that you lose the personality of the individual human woman. Mm -hmm. um, what an amazing thing, because it's really allowed us to step in and out of protest with whoever could come. And everyone's incredibly busy. And the fact that people have fit this in over the course of more than two years, you know, even before the Roe Act, working on other issues like Me Too and pay equity and ending prison shackling for people who give birth in prison alone in cells without medical care, all the other issues we had already started thinking about. And then, you know, also focusing here on the Roe Act in the state, that interchangeability has allowed us to sustain this. Where other states have a one-year legislative session, I can really see why a two-year process wears people down. Mm -hmm. especially when it's not very transparent and you don't know when the committees are going to be talking about your issue. There's no public reporting when something sits in committee for five, six, seven, eight months or longer. You know, you need to have some kind of grassroots effort with people who are very, very, very flexible and willing to just pitch in when they can, if you're going to keep it up. And in fact, we didn't just keep it up, but we grew. We added a whole podcast. I just want to say a special thank you to everyone since July who stepped in and out of the podcast or listened or shared it with their friends, because that became a way to make media when the media was not following the Roe Act. Yes, yes absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. love women because it's like, there's no media, we'll make our own. Right. <laughs> it's not on the radio, we'll make a station. Right, it's so grassroots. It's yeah, the, we just need a broadcast tower now. <laughs> and I go to what Amy said, partially COVID is, is shifted things so much that it opened up even the possibility of imagining doing a podcast because putting technology like Zoom in your hands makes you think, I guess we could do it. You know, there's a yeah. record button. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really opened it up and liberated the whole um, organization 
uh, effort for, for many organizations. Yes. Yeah. Because, because, you know, this might be normal drive time home now for people. And instead it's not, it's zoom time. And going back to when Lisa came on as a guest and really talked us through some of the basics of Twitter, because each of these social media platforms is its own language. Like Amy was talking about finding us on TikTok and then people, you know, you find people here, there on all the different channels and they all require a different size photo, different number of words. <laughs> Hashtags are used differently. Hey, Laura, you're laughing. <laughs> or maybe, I don't know if that's laughter. <laughs> oh my God, I can totally relate. It's so frustrating. <laughs> And then the legislators, I mean, Karen and Linda both did a lot of outreach for guests and I've done some. And so I know what it's like, but they've really got legislators to come in and share. And we've learned a lot about how the process works and where they themselves become frustrated, not just with a lack of transparency, but also there's just not as much diversity in the state houses there is on this phone call. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that says quite a bit. This is a small smattering of people um, and we have common values and we have lots of differences between us and among us. And yet the state house is still, still predominantly white male. Mm -hmm. We're going to change going to come. The yeah. other thing is that the ones that have a Hispanic name do not speak Spanish. And I'm like, hello, change your name to Smith, Wesson, or translate your last name into English. Like Torres would be Towers. Give them Spanish lessons. Oh, ah. So as we, uh, just before we close out the podcast, this episode, I want to let people who would like to share a quick closing comment you would want another listener to hear who maybe didn't have friends to celebrate this with today um, or legislators. I will. I, I want to go on record as having personally thanked Senator Cindy Friedman um, because she has been stalwart and she's been right up there and out there. And uh, this is in great contrast to my own state rep uh, for Billerica, who is a Neanderthal and has gone on record time and time again about being against um, ab abortion, basically in any, any for any for any reason, and he did speak uh, at the house vote last week, and it was an embarrassment to have to listen to him and think this is my state rep. So Cindy becomes really important to those of us who live um, in her in her uh, valley. State state reps, if I could do a shout out for Tammy Govea, I'm sure I'm not the only one on this phone call who wants to thank her, but um, for her advocacy, for her strength, for her transparency, for her representation, for her inclusion. Very grateful. Now, I just wanted to second what Karen Rose said, because Cindy Friedman is my state senator as well, and she's just been fabulous. Her office is always open when we've gone in to lobby. Um, and also, I'm in a more fortunate situation than Karen. My state rep, Michelle Socolo, is also a really strong supporter and has participated in a number of phone calls, giving us advice and tips, did one of the podcasts for the group. Um, so I'm really fortunate in that regard. I just want to um, do a shout out to this group um, or the whole Red Close group, because one of the things that I really appreciate is that um, it, you know, with reproductive rights, we often talk about women and a lot of times people um, 
assume that that is just like white, straight, cisgender women. But even from the earliest messages, we were inclusive of messages about, um, you know, people of color, people of non-binary transgender identities, uh, people with disabilities and so forth. And, you know, to me, it's super important that any kind of um, social justice initiative be included in this way. So I really appreciate this, group's, this group for that. I also wanted to um, thank everybody here I feel like you guys are sisters. We've been through so much. And um, I'm just so, so, so glad to have met you all and worked with you all. And I can't wait for the ERA to, to bomb that with you guys. But, um, but I also wanted to thank Tammy. I think she has been, she has completely stuck her neck out and been amazing. Um, but also Harriet, like what would we yeah. do Harriet? Like, Harriet Chandler. Yeah, and Claire too. I, I mean, I, I know Claire. We, we there are so many people, Becca. Um, but but I just feel like there are so many legislators that that really really um, spoke out and, and supported this thing throughout and like stuck with it. But I also want to thank people that even made one call or made one email. You know, if if you just took five minutes to to do that, it helped. If you sign the petition, it helped, and and I, I I just can't be more thankful of all the people across the across Massachusetts that helped this go through. I so speaking to Laura, I do want to thank every single person that put their name on that petition, every single person, because it just shows you what the climate is in Massachusetts, and. To have so many people think about their sisters and their mothers and their daughters and just people in general. It's not just them. Those are the people I really want to thank because like somebody like me, I can't have kids anymore. So this bill doesn't affect me at all, but it's going to affect people I know, right? What's the statistic? One in four women is sexually assaulted in their lifetime. This bill is for them. <laughs> And for all of those people that would put their name out for those women that are gonna be assaulted, all of those people that we're never gonna meet, we might not get a chance to meet them. This is like, I've never been more grateful to see Massachusetts rally around vulnerable populations and women are still a vulnerable population. Whether you are white, brown, black, green, purple, we are a vulnerable population and we need to be taken care of better and we need to be louder because the answer is always no if you don't ask. And I feel like I'm ready for whatever our next adventure is gonna be. And I hope that we can keep building on this, especially as a group. And we will, we will. we're not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going anywhere. I'd like to thank Senator Jamie Eldridge. He's been an incredible advocate. He called me today to congratulate oh. and very good about keeping me informed about what's going on. But I also want to say to everyone out there that, you know, lots of people thank me for my advocacy and leadership and all that stuff. And I appreciate that. But I want to say to everyone, anyone can do this. Two years, four years ago, I didn't even know who my state rep was. <laughs> and, and you can just learn and and you know there's lots of people out there who are already doing this stuff and you just learn from them and and you find people 
that are like-minded, like this wonderful group of people, and you just do what you can. You know, every little bit counts. Yeah, I just, I want to say thank you to Jesse for keeping on it all the time and just all of the emails and the active, um, activeness that you put into it like day and night to keep our group together and to really accomplish um, a lot for the women of Massachusetts and, and the country. So thank you, Jesse. Yes, you guys thank you, Jesse. I feel that appreciation. Thank you all. I really appreciate it. Martha, yeah. I, I just want to say thank you, not only to the people that are pro what we are, but also the ones that are against because those ones made us work harder, made us uh, <laughs> persevere on what we're doing. I also want to thank everybody to be, I've always been a loud mouth and I always gave my opinion, but now I have a place where I can, when I know, where I know I've been heard. And even though it's as an ESL, I, and I have these issues, but uh, it's, it has been great to be able to say and feel accepted because every time I open my mouth, the first time, the first thing everybody asks me, oh, where are you from? I'm like, what does that matter? I mean, I'm talking about something important and you want to know if I am from whatever country I am from. I mean, but those who are against everything we believe in, it are the ones that made us persevere and made us go to the finish line. Or at least in my part, I, I am a part of a group and all of them or most of them, they're against what I what I believe, and those are the ones that made me go like, okay, I'm gonna show you. We are gonna make it, and we did, and we did. It's awesome. It's really beautifully said. My heart is very full. <laughs>